Hello, everyone. It's me, Catherine. And Elise. And welcome <gasps> back. And we did a switcheroo, baby. We did a switcheroo. It's Freaky Friday. It's Freaky Friday. It's actually Freaky Saturday at time of recording. But, um, you know, <laughs> the commitment to this podcast is there. We planned this and um, we really hope you enjoyed that bit. I will not be doing the, boy, or the recap <laughs> for this movie because we will be here for 10 hours. But we are committed in that we are going f- as each other for Halloween. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, if you could send me some clothes and a yeah. lock of your hair, I'll get on making my clothes. <laughs> yeah, it'll be uh, leggings and a t-shirt. And, um, yep. <laughs> All right. Um, for me, my COVID look, uh, sweatshirt and bike shorts. Oh, hell yeah. Um, that's what I got for you. Oh, oh my God. Actually, this is a diversion, but I've been wearing my crew spandex recently for the first time in several years. Oh, I still wish I had mine because we could do a podcast in the spandex. I'm going to go as 14-year-old Elise for Halloween. No, God, you need braces for that. And a, just oh, shit. The, a pale, like, just really... <laughs> just over eager just upsetting oh god I don't want to think about it like <laughs> let's not take a walk down memory lane in that way let's no. take a walk down memory lane through Freaky Friday yes um Freaky movie. Friday came out in 2003 starring Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. um incredible film start to finish yeah. well mostly mostly but we're gonna talk about it today um probably you've seen it if you haven't seen it you should watch it but if you haven't seen it in a little while or you want to hear me tell you about it, let me, let me give you a little synopsis. So Lindsay Lohan plays Anna, a 15-year-old girl who is in a rock band and goes to high school also. <laughs> um, and Jamie Lee Curtis plays her mom, Tess. Anna's dad has died three years prior and Tess is engaged to a man called Ryan. They also have Anna's little brother, Harry, and their grandpa. So it starts out that you kind of establish the dynamic that Anna is like this punk girl and Tess is a very put together, conservative, does meditation in the morning, who's a therapist, very successful career. The dynamic is immediately set up that neither of them understand each other, their point of view. Then they go out to a Chinese restaurant and an old Chinese lady um, gives them a fortune cookie and it makes them switch bodies. So they wake up the next morning in each other's bodies, which makes this podcast confusing because <laughs> it's difficult to explain what's going yeah. on. And then they decide that the only thing that they can do is go about a day in each other's lives and then try to go to the Chinese restaurant at lunch to figure out what's going on. So they do that. And then the ladies at the Chinese restaurant say, only you can change yourselves back. You have to follow the fortune, which says something about an act of selfless love will change things. So in the end, Tess lets Anna go do her audition. And then the emotional climax is when Tess in Anna's body says to Anna in Tess's body, I think you should postpone. Oh yeah, her mom's getting married on Friday, on, on Saturday. We're in Freaky Friday right now, and Tess is supposed to get married on Saturday. And Tess and Anna's body says to Anna and Tess's body, um, I think you should talk to Ryan and tell him to postpone the wedding because I don't think you and Harry are ready to have a stepdad and we haven't talked about it enough, whatever. 
And then instead of going to tell Ryan that she's not ready to get married, Anna and Tessa's body makes a speech saying, love my dad, miss him, but Ryan is a great guy and I'm so happy that he's making my mom happy. That's their act of selfless love, everyone. They switch back with a new level of respect and consideration for each other and their paths in life. Yes. Excellent. And there's a love interest named Jake and he oh, is yeah. a big dum-dum and... <laughs> Why this time and last time? I just completely forgot about the love interest. I really don't mind. I think it's great. I think we should just write them out. <laughs> I think so too. New pledge. Actually, I like talking about them to really tear them down. That's true. But um, yes, just for the purposes, because we rip into him later, there is uh, Chad Michael Murray plays Jake, Anna's love yes. interest. And there is some uh, confusing things that result uh, with yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, also, he's just physically abused throughout the movie, which, like... Oh, yeah, um, there's a lot of football <laughs> tackling in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. he just gets knocked over all the yeah, time. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's so weird. Anyway, uh, here we go. It was an emotional week. Yeah. Friday, best movie of all time. Another movie I had on DVD. Um, yeah. And I, I watched it a lot. This was This was on rotation in the household quite a bit. Um, yeah i loved this movie i love this movie past present and future yeah um we were talking about at one point like what we thought we'd be like when we were eight or nine what we thought we'd be when we got to be like 16 17 Mm -hmm. movie is what inspired every thought i had about myself dude yes i was i would in my notes i said uh it really made me want to like be a rock star yeah and like play the guitar like Anna and I was just so she was so cool when I was you know 10 or whatever I was watching this I was like wow she's awesome <laughs> I was so obsessed I with Lindsay be her. Yeah. yeah exactly. this is a great role for her Jamie Lee Curtis was amazing they were both great in this yeah Jamie Lee so Curtis, much fun they didn't really expect that when Jamie Lee Curtis be- became Activia Lady that they'd be mm-hmm. selling to our demographic mm-hmm. but that's what's happened yeah he has sold me yeah. An uncountable number of activity yogurts because of <laughs> only. Oh my god, it's her mom. Yeah, no, she's so good, and um, it got good like critical reviews too, which I thought was interesting. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score is eighty eight percent, which is like fresh. The audience score was fifty seven percent, which was really interesting. Get that out of my face! I know. I was like, leave, leave. Um, that is fucking disgusting. I know it's disrespectful. Um, <laughs> Roger Ebert loved this movie. A.O. Scott from the New York Times liked this movie. Like, it got positive critical reviews, and it was mostly because of the performances of Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Um, so, we They're love really to see good. the critics uh, recognizing the talent. Yeah, and I mean. I can't imagine how well I have no acting experience so actually I do have some acting experience. no you do don't downplay it dude yeah. you have the the theater background I did star in the gingerbread man as the gingerbread man um in first grade so we have a star in our presence like imagine the range of being able to play both a person of your own age who yes. like I'm sure Jamie Lee Curtis is not like a doctoral therapist with yeah. a stick up her ass but mm-hmm. she played that and then she played a literal teenage girl she really she really sells it yeah she does she's such really good, good. she's really good Lindsay lohan's really good yeah um there are very few men in this movie um always love a plus. that 
like always love when they take a back seat always love like for example in um anna's band there are men there we barely see them it's female fronted i love it it is so good and they're like the primary like drivers of the band you know they're they like call the shots it seems like so i i enjoyed that yeah the men are just like me hit drum with stick right they literally don't say anything i feel like they have maybe one line one line each one line yeah (laughs) Yeah. to be clear i do think it takes skill to play drums i just (laughs) in the context of this podcast i completely understand (laughs) facts only Um, also i think pink slip is uh the band of our generation i just it's a really good band i yeah i stand pink slip I stand. I can't speak for our whole generation, but they do speak for me. Yeah. So me too. So um, yeah, they're they're great. Um, yeah. Maybe one of my favorite parts of this movie, then and now, is the soundtrack. It is yeah. so good, dude. It's there's not a bad one on there. Yeah, it I is still so good. Listen to that soundtrack. You're telling me about that the other week. That yeah. was so. That was just awesome. I love that. Although I did only find out literally this summer. You know that song I Wonder by Diffuser that's on the um oh no in the movie that's I wonder if you'll ever think about me anymore. I don't think I know it. <laughs> no <laughs> horrific. Anyway, it's not that it was a line in there, so I didn't realize that there was like a clean version for the movie. Cause oh. I think what happened is that like Diffuser is a band in their own right, but I think the song was most famous from being in Freaky Friday. So I think this the version of the song that like played on the radio and like became more prominent was the Freaky Friday version. In the actual song, they talk about sucking dick, um, which they obviously oh <laughs> take out. Um, yeah, in the Freaky Friday version. But Dang. I it came up like the song played at some point recently. And I didn't know that it wasn't the Freaky Friday version that was playing because why would oh, I wow. not listen to the Freaky Friday version? Right. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was like, hello? <laughs> Excuse me? Oh. Oh, I remember what it was. Hold on. Wait. Oh, no. See, even this lyrics website, they have the Freaky Friday version. <laughs> That's truly how influential this movie has been. Oh, it was um, in the Freaky Friday version. Why am I spending so much time on this? In the Freaky Friday brief, he says, I wonder if you give him more excuses than the one I the ones I got from you. In the actual version, it's I wonder if you give him better blowjobs than the one I got from you. Oh my god. <laughs> and my favorite yeah. part about it is that imagine the person like putting together the soundtrack for this movie. The song yeah. clearly existed pre-Freaky Friday. And they selected this and they were like, this song fucking bangs. It's incredible. <laughs> I love it. We just have to take off out the blowjob thing. <laughs> so wait, do you think they got the band to record an entirely new version? They must have. Because oh like, it sounds like the band. And it's That's only crazy. one verse. Like maybe they, yeah. I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I see, I was bad in my, like, researching for the movie. I failed to listen to the soundtrack. I feel like that's just... I know it by heart. I could probably list them off. 
one by one um in order i don't know i love that soundtrack so much yeah and it's like the movie's bookended by two absolute bangers of uh or i mean the the pink slip performances i guess i should clarify um but i do like the remix of the turtles is that the turtles the um happy together opening happy together i think it is the turtles yeah i like the um the remix of it when they cut into the like montage between anna and her mom yeah um they like make it a little bit more punk like rock kind of which was fun setting the scene we love it yes it was also that opening montage i really just need to tell the kissing booth to take notes because that's how you do exposition through montage it is there is no like weird voiceover you immediately understand the diamond dynamic between anna and tess um that montage lives friend free in my brain and as a child, I was just very fascinated with the fact that, you know, you could have a headboard that had, like, posts that you could hold on to in case yep. your mother needed to drag you out of bed physically. <laughs> but they really used that. They, cause yeah. they used it as, like, another exposition tool because when they switched bodies, mm-hmm. Tess, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis, who's Anna, holds mm-hmm. on to the thing again. Smart. Right, yeah. Exactly. They there were really was thinking. Someone thought about this. This wasn't yeah. like the kissing booth that it was written by a computer and wasn't proofread. Um, <laughs> people used this, big brains to think about it. It was uh, written by two women, so yeah, we've got another one. Though <laughs> it was directed by a man, and not just any man. But I looked up what else he has directed. Oh, um, not to be dramatic, but he committed a cardinal sin because he directed Five Hundred Days of Summer. <laughs> No! You are kidding me. No! <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, that is so crazy. I'm scarred by that movie. Me too. Oh, that's a whole different conversation, but I'm so scarred by that movie. That's a major strike against him. That I am... is a big time strike. That's something Oof. that not even Freaky Friday can make up for. Mm. No. <laughs> that movie's horrific. <laughs> It's so bad. That can be another movie we talk about at some point. Um, yeah, seriously. A lot to unpack. Not enough oh, time. Oh, man. But. Wow. <laughs> well, knowing that, that just like, that just shook up my brain a little bit. <laughs> it really brings the mood down. Yeah, I know. Anyway, really all I have to say about this movie is how much I love it. I could go on for three hours at least. Um, everything yeah. about it is immaculate except for the um racism against chinese people that's a big thing that i i do want to talk about i was like why is that in there because this movie is based on a book that was published in 1972 that was made into a movie in 1976 starring jodie foster as the like daughter which crazy in the original version that's not in there the way they switch bodies is that the mom and the daughter just go I wish I could um, switch places with her for just one day. And then they just immediately switch. So there's no like weird plot device of this Chinese restaurant with this mother and and daughter who run the restaurant and this weird fortune cookie magic. I was just like, why is this here? (laughs) This is, it was, it was, yeah, did not sit super well. That definitely not a good choice. (laughs) Yeah. It was troubling. I think that it could have been done. Like, there were small changes that could have been made to make it, like, funny and good. Um, Like, I don't know. Yeah, they refer to it as Chinese voodoo, whatever. Like, yeah, I was, oh. I think the idea of having an old lady who has magical powers, who messes about with people's lives, is funny. Mm -hmm. 
but why did they have to add in these like fake accents yeah. and all these Chinese stereotypes? Like yeah. the gong that plays when yeah. the body switch. I was just like, oh my god, why? Exactly. Why is this in here? And even like they could have been Chinese, that's fine. But yeah, I think there were a lot of little things that could have been taken out that like yeah, I I mean, yeah. for example, I think in this scenario that there's this old crazy woman who she's not crazy, but like old magical woman. Um like it seems like she'd have to not speak English very well because mm. she explains to them exactly what she's doing. It's just in Cantonese. But yeah, the gong unnecessary, the like fake accents unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. The fact that it's a fortune cookie. I was like, yeah. Why <laughs> from a storytelling perspective that was only in there because it's like they wanted to change the method by which they switch bodies and that's literally the only reason it's in there in the plot there's but the story itself like the emotional weight of the story is in what they learn from being in each other's bodies it's not so much about the switch it's more about like the experience and so in that respect I just think it's so odd that they gave this uh, secret Chinese magic thing so much like screen time in the movie and I just think it's this just another example of how Hollywood fails to include characters of color in a way that is thoughtful in any respect and they write in these characters specifically for their Asianness that is portrayed through like a distinctly western lens that's just like yeah. and it just is so weird and especially because the switch mechanism in the original movie is not anything other than a wish expressed by both the mother and daughter and they don't give it any explanation and the movie still like works you know like they still learn about each other i think the reason that they changed it was because increasingly i think that people need to be able to relate and believe in a movie that's I mean it's not really meant to be a fantasy movie it's meant to be like based in real life sure and I think it's like more removed from reality Mm -hmm. that they would just make a wish and it happens right versus like they needed this mechanism for them to change but maybe the reason that they went with these like Chinese stereotypes whatever um is because they wanted it to be like othering that and Yeah. yeah I don't know yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's very clearly, it's very clearly playing on stereotypes of like the quote exotic other, you know, yeah. and and I think that's a trope in movies when you do have these kind of like magical characters, they do tend to be cast as characters of color, and that is yeah. like the way that Hollywood represents like magical devices in in movie plots. Um, that's definitely not like a, that's a thing that's been around, I I think in movies for a very long time um i agree so yeah not not my favorite part of the movie (laughs) no don't like that um but anyway i guess (laughs) i was just about to say like now that we have that out of the way which like is not (laughs) what i mean but i think it's an important thing to address yeah because that's like the the first thing that i think i noticed when i was watching it having not watched it in a in a while um definitely at least over five years like i haven't seen this movie in a long time I was like, wow, yeah, that's definitely sticks out as a sore thumb. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah. Big yikes. Uh, <laughs> big yikes. I mean, I enjoyed myself with all the other parts of the movie. Like, it was still a very enjoyable experience to watch. Yeah. I think the magic of this movie is that 
I think that many like teen angst movies can be watched by teens and there are like unique adversities that face teens Mm -hmm. that are like, I mean, not that they aren't difficult issues to tackle, but I think as an adult looking back that you've already gone through them, you're like, you're upset that you don't have, that you have to go to class today. Like, yeah, I went to class for 12 years. It's, (laughs) Like, we all have to do it. Sorry. But I think that they definitely, like, you don't look at Anna's struggles and feel like she's an entitled little brat, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think they, and equally, like, although at the beginning you definitely recognize that, like, her mom needs to loosen up a bit, you definitely mm-hmm. see where she's coming from that, like, she feels hurt that Anna would prioritize her band mm-hmm. over her rehearsal dinner which is like a once in a lifetime very important thing well I guess twice in a lifetime for her but um, (laughs) R.I.P. Mr. Coleman (laughs) but like you can see where they're coming from yes and although like it even I'm obviously not a parent um (laughs) but like normally definitely as a teen you get so upset when your parents are like no you're not doing this because I said so right but it's not just because she said so it's because she feels upset that Mm -hmm. she doesn't feel like Anna's valuing her and then obviously like you can definitely see where Anna's coming from that it is a once in a lifetime thing for her and yeah. for her to do this audition. Yeah. And she feels upset that her mom isn't valuing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to and be remarrying. Fair, yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. I think that this many problems in many movies can be solved by communication. I think the lack of communication here was that like on the rehearsal dinner night, we find out that the audition is like three blocks. I know. Yeah. I was like, Guys, this would really like the band, the lead um girl in the band. I can't remember her name. Is she I don't named think she ever gets this... a name? I really that's don't know that weird. she does. That's really weird. Um <laughs> that's suspicious. That's suspicious. That's weird. That's, weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, she rotted our brains. <laughs> yep. But yeah, she literally says we could borrow her for like 20 minutes and we'll be yeah. back. And I'm like, yeah, that's, dude, that's exactly it. That's so right. So yes, for sure that would be solved uh, if they had just like taken the time to research that. But other than that, I do think they do a good job of setting up the central conflict between Anna and Tess. Um, and they make it layered in, and it, it doesn't end up seeming like shallow on rewatch because like there is actual tension there. And it's just, it's a little, it's more than like, oh, you don't understand me, mom, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I thought that like update was cool. Cause again, from the original version, it's just sort of like, there's not really a whole lot there in terms of uh, conflict other than I don't think you could live a day in my shoes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I agree with you. And I think that's what makes it timeless that like I watch as a nine-year-old and no, it came out 2003, earlier than nine. Um, and <laughs> 17 years ago. Oh, Fuck. I hate that. I hate that. No, me too. Um, me too. <laughs> and I mean, I think that I definitely liked it for shallow reasons because when right. you are an actual child, like you don't right. understand where your parents are coming from at all. But then I watched it as a teenager, and I was like, "Wow, I, I feel I feel heard." But even now, I watch it, and I'm like, "Wow, makes sense." They're misunderstanding each other. Yeah. I think uh, we've talked about this before. I think it was in the Teen Beach movie, but one thing that Disney can do well uh, is its ability to incorporate 
a wide audience in terms of age range because they want that mass appeal and they like hope they they want their parents to be able to like let their kids watch this movie but also like bear sitting through the movie yeah um and i think this movie is another example of kind of that like you can get a little bit of adult appeal in there without making it weird for the kids and vice versa yeah so um so yeah that is definitely a good point yeah and i mean like i said um just before we started recording some behind the scenes action um is getting revealed here um when i've told people (laughs) that we're talking about this movie a bunch of people have said oh i haven't seen any of the movies you've talked about before but um i have seen this one yeah so and i think that that's reflective as well that it's good and it holds up and i enjoyed myself yeah no it's it's an enjoyable watch what i thought was really interesting was i was poking around for like some video reviews of this because typically I like to watch what other people are saying about the movie as well I really didn't find a whole lot um I was nothing to yeah Yeah, so that was I I guess people maybe just like were able to enjoy it for what it was and like you know it's not it has things that definitely don't age well and are a, (laughs) a symptom of how Hollywood is but uh it is an enjoyable watch what I thought was interesting was I found an article from the Atlantic about body swapping movies. Um, Cause I was interested in the genre as a whole. It is like something that exists across different kinds of stories from different countries and has been around in literature for a long time. Um, but what they were talking about was the body swapping movie, especially as it's represented in American media can tend to reinforce traditional family values teach characters to like be more empathetic obviously because you have to like walk in another person's shoes um and particularly can emphasize empathy for the parent i think thinking about it this skews more towards you understand anna better Mm. and maybe that's because it's a disney movie like it is at its core made for children sure Um, yeah but i think probably the core disagreement is over Tess's fiance the mom's fiance the whole point I guess what comes across that they never like outwardly say it but they kind of we assume that Tess has understood that Anna just doesn't like Ryan she's yeah disdainful of him whatever and then it comes out that like she first of all didn't really know him um and maybe another part of the empathy that or another person who benefits from the improved empathy is Ryan as well yeah because he and he's able to have that really nice conversation with Anna who is in Tess's body oh yeah I loved that yeah it was so yeah it was so nice and it was so like I think that the thing about kids is that you just have to listen to them and they are so happy and like I used to work for this like after school program and literally, you just had to, like, ask them about their day and listen. Oh, and yeah. And kids would be so happy. They love it. Because um, especially, like, yeah, teenagers who are under, like, 16 or 17, no one speaks to them. No one, like, treats them with respect. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he says, like, I haven't been forcing myself on Anna because she should come to me on her own terms. And he, mm-hmm. she should decide to like me on her own terms. Which yeah, I think was such a, yeah, nice, cute moment that he was treating her with respect and not expecting her to like him. Yeah. 
Yeah, I liked Ryan as a character. I like when I watched I watched it twice and on the rewatch I was kind of like looking more at him. I was like, what do I think about this guy? And I overall liked him. I thought he was like a nice person and he didn't insert himself into the uh the narrative in a way that would have like distracted from the kind of like relationship between Anna and Tess that's really the the focus of the movie. Yeah. Um and I like that he he really likes Tess and he like I liked that line where he was like I knew you came you know with a family and a history and I really respect that and I was like wow that's very nice of you sir yeah <laughs> to not call it baggage uh first of all yeah. and <laughs> yeah and second of all to just kind of like articulate uh his feelings in a very nice way <laughs> yeah I I thought that that held up well for sure definitely and I mean I, we've yeah. talked about before like how should heterosexual relationships be portrayed in Mm -hmm. films and this is pretty darn close to good yeah it's a pretty mature representation of a of a relationship yeah and they're good role models for kids to see Mm because obviously like not all kids have like their parents have a nice relationship that they want to emulate um so I think that's good and definitely like I mean another one of the things was that he gets quote unquote jealous when he literally sees Tess on the back of a of a motorcycle, like holding is, on to a guy, which is very understandable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I he mean, doesn't like, like yeah. rage. He's like, "Hey, I'm not a jealous guy, but uh, I saw he's <laughs> really hugging someone on the back of a motorcycle. That was weird." Yeah, can you please explain this to me? <laughs> yeah, and she explains it, and he's like, "Okay." Yeah. And he still he still wants to get married. He's very supportive of her career. I don't yep. think it's ever said what he does for a living. No. The focus yep. is on her career. She's a very successful psychologist with a thriving practice and a newly published book. And mm-hmm. you know, she's uh she's she's going for it. And um yep. and he wants to like support that. And I just I thought that was really nice as well. Yeah. The one the the other one that I wasn't so keen on, I have to say, was the thing between Anna and Jake. I have many questions about Jake. Can oh. we please talk about Jake? I wanted to talk about him next. Um oh dear. But yeah, let's finish. Do you have anything else on this point? No, no, no. No. Okay, I'm ready to talk about Jake. Speaking of Tess's career though, she well, Anna, who is Tess, when Tess mm-hmm. is in Anna's body, she's like, This is my mom, Dr. Coleman. Yeah, proceeds to refer to her as Mrs. Coleman for the rest of the movie multiple times, and I'm like, "Fuck that guy!" (laughs) You heard, she said, "Doctor Coleman." Yeah, and you said, "Woman can't be doctor." Yeah, that's a huge like in the real world. That is very much a thing that will happen all the time. It, It yeah, like professors deal with it. Like just professional women deal with it all the time. They're never. It's always Mrs. It's never you know how would you like to be addressed and yeah. uh and she's not a missus anyway no <laughs> like woof <laughs> yeah big big oof on that one i first off about jake how old is he how old is he what the fuck <laughs> is going on with this what the fuck man Does i am he go so to school confused. there he says he works at the school and so to give the benefit of the doubt i was like maybe he's a student aide maybe he works in the yeah. office but they literally they never all they say is that he works there and then he has a second job at the 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 coffee shop and then they they continually refer to the fact that he is older than Anna Anna's 15 she's supposed to be 15 in this movie yes so at 
bare minimum, he's probably 18, but I think he's, he's supposed to be like older than that. Do you think? Like I'm, I'm losing my mind over this. How old do you have to be to get a motorcycle license in California? I'm really, I need to know. Cause they never, the old, they, they could have easily, um, like specified that by saying he's a student. So why do they leave it so ambiguous? Right. It says to get a California motorcycle it's permit. Really 16. Yeah. Okay. But I, in the real world, I do not know many people who get a motorcycle license before they no. get their driver's license. Like that's No, just... you can't get it before your driver's license. Yeah. So you have to be at least 16, but how old do you have to be you to get your license? Probably 16. And then yeah. you have to get a permit, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then he has to have his motorcycle learner's permit for at least six months. Oh, dude. So he's at least 17. Yeah, but he, it, they make it so ambiguous about how he's represented. He works yeah. at the school, and he works at a coffee shop, and he is too old for Anna, according to Tess. It's a very weird thing to have in a movie represented so casually, and he creeps me the fuck out. I'm really sorry. Like, I'm creeped out by him. Yeah. I mean, listen, that troubling. Another troubling yeah. thing, he's got his hair, which oh, is crazy. awful. He um, needs to shower. And then he's got these quote-unquote sideburns. It's just his hair. It's not sideburns. It's just his hair pulled out from behind his ears and cut. It looks so stupid. That that man's given me a Karen, may I speak to the manager haircut. Like, (laughs) if it was styled just a little bit more, it would straight up be Karen. And he also wears Von Dutch t-shirts. Immediately can't trust him. He was so of the era. Oh, God, I know. It's flames on his Ducati. Incredible. And I love how when he initially is talking to Anna, he, like, has to introduce himself. And I was like, boy, you know who the fuck she is. You've seen her around. Like, how do you not know who she is? And then they, like, have that conversation um, where he's just about to ask her out. And Mr. Bates interrupts them. (laughs) And then he fucking leaves because he doesn't want to wait for her for two seconds. Yeah, that was weird. And like, that was so stupid. It's too much of a strike against her that her teacher wants to talk to her at school. And then when she drops her bag outside of detention and he picks up her guitar pick and he's yeah. like, is this yours? I'm like, you're doing the fucking least to help her collect her belongings. And the girl is wearing a guitar pick choker. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> what do you play? <laughs> Fuck mm. off. Maybe, so. first of all, maybe he was running away from Mr. Bates because he mm. is a staff member who should not be cavorting a student. Ooh. Oh, True. Also, another strike against him as, like, maybe possibly being a student. I don't know. I mean, you, you know, you worked as a student aide. So have you ever had a key to the staff room of a high nope. school? Okay. That solves it. He is an employee at this school. He is no longer a student. Yeah. And it says, like, no students on the door. Like, why yeah. would they allow a student aide in there? Yeah. No way. All I did was, just... like, put stuff in mailboxes and answer phones when I was a student aide. Mm-hmm. They weren't giving me any privileges. And I doubt that they, yeah, like a school, I think for probably for liability reasons, wouldn't be giving students keys to like yeah. important rooms in the school. And the fact that he has access to standardized tests, oh boy, that's a big red flag. Like, I don't, that yeah. would never happen. They seal those things after you take the test. Like they, they have to, there's protocol with that. Yeah. So. All worrying. Um, he flip-flops, you know, between I know it's Anna and Tess's body, but the way that he just like does a fucking 180 when when 
Tess is like, I like the vines. And he's like, oh, must be the girl for me. Yeah. Girl knows music? Ooh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, he was, he was, and then when he sees Anna play guitar, which, and then he's like, wow, <laughs> yeah. she's so cool at the end. Yeah. When Anna is like, he really likes you for your mind, I guess. Yeah. I'm like, ooh. ooh. Yeah, but it just, it was such a, st- it was like, truly, he liked her because she wasn't like other girls. Yeah. She's alternative, and she plays the guitar. Literally. I just hated that, like, at the the end scene where he, like, sees her perform, and he's like, wow, this is definitely the girl for me. I'm like, what, the- what is wrong yeah. with you? I mean, okay, for some of the time, like, when you see his conversation with Anna and Tess's body in the coffee shop, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, they're actually vibing. They, like, right. get along. They have a lot in common. I didn't think he was that condescending when he was talking to her about music at the start. Sure. Um, but, yeah, the him watching her play was just ridiculous. Because mm-hmm. also, yeah, so it's Tess and Anna's body, and she's not even moving her fingers. Dude, he's just no. <laughs> that was so annoying. And then closest person, including um, Jake, to her was like four feet away. You can see what she's doing, and she's it's just nothing. Going, doo, doo, doo. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Another thing is that when Tess and Anna's body is on stage, and Anna and Tess's body is going to play guitar off stage. Yeah, and she's like, "Mom, act like Keith," and she's like, "Keith, <laughs> Keith Richards." So you're telling me that Anna knows who Keith Richards is, but not who Stevie Nicks is? Earlier in the movie, she's like, Stevie who? Who's he? That's a conundrum. Bitch. Why would she not know who Stevie Nicks is? Stevie Nicks is iconic. And uh, yeah, I, tr- I don't know why she Stevie wouldn't Nicks know. Is. What, does she not listen to Fleetwood Mac? <laughs> what, does she not have a fucking pulse? Like Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was so confusing. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, that whole thing was... I wish they had acted it a little better. I wish they made it a little bit more convincing that she was actually playing guitar. Yeah. Um, at the, the One more thing about um, Jake was at the wedding at the end when they're perform when the band's performing. Um, what is that? Is it You're, you're It? Ultimate. What's the song? Ultimate, thank you. Um, <laughs> I really oh, I didn't know. fucking do my research. <laughs> no, no, no. I just um, didn't know how to spell ultimate when this movie came out, and I thought it was M-A-N-T at the end of it for, like, a long yes. time. Nice. <laughs> so anyway, they're playing that song, and it just keeps panning to his face watching her, and it is very upsetting and creepy, and just in the, the context of I, she's 15 and he is obviously much older. An adult. I was like, I was like, please stop. Like, just stop looking at her like that, dude. Chill the fuck out and leave. Like, literally. Yeah. The other, like, how, Ugh. what, what does he think happened? Like, he is stupid. He is. Stu- he hadn't hit his teen heartthrob stride yet. A Cinderella story was the following year. Yeah. I don't know when One Tree Hill occurred, but um. He really, he was good in a Cinderella story, except when oh, he didn't great. recognize her because he, she had a mask on her eyes. Because he's a stupid idiot. <laughs> okay, he was doing One Tree Hill at the same time. Okay. Which, frankly, I haven't watched all of One Tree Hill, but... I haven't watched any of One Tree Hill. He needed more practice when he was on One Tree Hill. Yeah, this was not the role for Chad Michael Murray, a 2000s, no. you know teen movie uh icon but yeah this, is not <laughs> this the movie was not 
No. <laughs> no. Yeah. And they are like purposefully ambiguous about his age. I don't um, like that. Which I, don't, is I don't want it to be like that. Unsettling. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it would be so easy to not be ambiguous. About yeah. It. Yeah. And just be like, oh, I'm a student aide and I work at the coffee shop and yeah. I'm 16. Because that's feasible. Like, I could yeah. see that. But it's just like, mm, not, yeah. Yeah. He was not a good, uh, not one of the good male characters in this movie. He could have been way worse. Yeah. But, yeah. But overall, not, uh, not awesome. <laughs> I also, another thing that I liked um, with, on the subject of empathy and, like, how you aren't necessarily, like, seeing Anna or her mom as the villain, Mm -hmm. um, I think it was fun and good that they also framed Harry and Grandpa's relationship that way. Because I think there is a tendency to be, like, women bicker. And they just don't get along and they're catty. Um, Mm, That's a good point. I thought it was good, yeah, at the end, the um mother not the mother the magical chinese mother yeah she goes to give a fortune cookie to harry and grandpa because they're having like the same amount of bickering going on Mm -hmm. which i Mm -hmm. think was like an important signal that like this isn't unique to women this is a family thing (laughs) yeah like intergenerational kind of like that's how they frame it yeah exactly that's a really good point I didn't I didn't think about that but it was it kind of rounded out the movie you know in that in that way which was cool yeah and Harry was fun I liked Harry yeah I agree (laughs) yeah and yeah yeah, there was even that dynamic of because obviously Anna and Harry fight throughout the movie but Mm -hmm. there was the time when Anna had to go in Tessa's body to harry's parent teacher conference and she mm-hmm. finds out that harry has written this like super cute um, yeah. essay about anna and how she's the best sister whatever yeah and harry says something she tests anna and tess's body this is confusing i know um, anna and tess's body says something like oh i didn't know you felt that way about your sister and she's like harry says yeah but don't tell her because we have way too much fun fighting yeah <laughs> and it was just so cute it was very sweet Oh, big question for you. Uh, what do we think about not like other girls trope represented in this movie? Is it there? Do we have it? Do we have it going on? It was present to a certain extent, but I don't think it was to an oppressive extent. Sure. Because, I mean, they pit Stacy and Anna against each other mm-hmm. in that, like, Anna is this alt girl yeah. and Stacy is the cheerleader, pretty girl, whatever. There's a fine line that you have to tread because yeah. not all girls are the same. That's the point. So right. you should have female characters that are diverse. But I think that they don't define themselves against each other. Anna's mom does at some points say like, oh, you just don't like her because you got into her, your music and she got into her cheerleading, whatever, mm-hmm. which is not the case. They fell apart because Stacy is the worst. Yeah, um, Stacy pushes her down stairs and then she Anna backflips over a bike rack which I think would require a doctor's visit. Like yeah. that looked that looked bad. That was bad. But concerning. It's not, yeah, it's not because Anna has taken the high road by like being a non-cheerleader. It's just because Stacy's mm. the worst. <laughs> yeah, she's just mean. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting cuz I wasn't sure how to read it. I was like, do they just have it in there just because cuz there wasn't like I didn't see, like, there wasn't a, a super explicitly spoken explanation for why Stacy and Anna don't like each other, but, like, I think the way you read it is, is, makes sense to me, because it's, like, 
they, she's just not a very nice person. And uh, Anna didn't want to associate with her. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, there might be more backstory that we don't see. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what I got from it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, even in the first, that on Thursday, before Freaky Friday, yes. um, they have those, that sequence where Stacy keeps hitting Anna in the back of the head with a ball. And yeah. she puts up with it like three or four times. And then finally she's like, no, that's enough. And hits her in the back of the head yeah. and gets in trouble, of course. But I think it very much was like, Stacy's the worst. And Anna puts mm-hmm. up with it as much as she can. I like the the reading of that she's just a mean person, which she really is. Yeah. <laughs> that's some, yeah, not good. Also, she's the um, the the mean girl from A Cinderella Story. Yeah. So I was like, wow, they're really... <laughs> She and Chad Michael Murray reuniting one year later. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Um, yeah, she was in a lot of stuff, wasn't she? Like, she's the cheerleader mean so. girl in so many things. Yeah, <laughs> definitely um, typecast a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, this is unrelated, but another thing that I just enjoyed about this movie was the makeover scene. Um, Anna and Tess's body going going shopping for her and getting her yes. haircut. So good. It had a similar thing to like in Ice Princess we talked Mm. about how Jen made over Casey and then Mm -hmm. like Casey took that and like dialed it back and used some of it for her life and I think the same thing happened here that Anna really like went whole hog like doing makeover on her mom like got her hair cut changed her clothes got her ear pierced and when you see Tess go back to her body she keeps like her kind of spiky hair and she keeps the earring in. Yeah. Um, that was great. She, like kind of goes back to her closer to her clothes. Right. I think was also a nod to like changed by this mm-hmm. occurrence. And I feel like Anna's hair is a little less ratty. Like, yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. Yeah. It's nice. Like the they do learn. Yeah. They learn from each other, which is fun. It was interesting to watch after watching Ice Princess. Um, because you have kind of another mother-daughter relationship happening at the the center of a movie and the kind of an adult learning to change which you had said in the Ice Princess episode is kind of interesting to realize like as a a kid that like adults don't actually know everything and that they can change and they're not like you know one kind of monolithic thing Um, yeah and and I think, you know, that is part of why the movie is fun is there is this kind of like give and take between the two. It's um, funny when I, I was trying to find any kind of like article that talked about this movie in particular, and I really didn't find anything. But what I kept finding were these like neurological and psychological studies on body swapping, like as a phenomenon. And they were you know, doing like research with VR and uh just different kinds of things. So there was nothing really on the movie itself. It was more about like the science behind uh, what body swapping would be like. And there's also like a lot of philosophical stuff because you have like the mind body split and your mind is being, you know, transferred into a different body. And so I just thought that was interesting. Cause I was like, I can't find anything about this movie, but I keep finding <laughs> these like neurological studies. <laughs> not what you were looking for. Yeah. Not but, what uh... I was looking for. I was like, I can't read these. This is not, this is not what I'm going for. <laughs> This is too big brain for me. I do feel like it's something that has been like a topic of fantasy for so long that I mm-hmm. I do think it's one of those things like time travel that yeah. people think about it all the time, which yeah. like that's probably never going to occur. Yeah. But um and yeah, it has a lot of practical 
implications and you could believe that it would happen because i mean we do like organ transplants any mm. time travel like we never thought that we would have planes like flying yeah. through the sky whatever but you could yeah i mean we've seen it time and time again in science fiction movies that there's this justifiable reason that they've figured out time travel and i feel like i mean this was a little far-fetched with a fortune cookie but <laughs> Yeah, like I feel like yeah. our brains don't completely reject it. That no, it's it definitely. Uh, if you go to and just Google body swapping and look at the Wikipedia page, um, there's a great breakdown of like all of its representations in literature and film and TV, and they map the movies and then like the how the body swap occurs <laughs> and who it's occurring between. So it is interesting to see those patterns like happening across time and in different genres and in different forms of media and I mean like overall it's definitely like there's a lot of switching between parents and children and a lot of switching between like men and women or people from like opposite life situations um sometimes but I think the most common is like parents and children and men and women I think it'd be fun to trade bodies with someone for a day good vibes um yeah. see what's what walk on around Ew, I can't, but I wouldn't want to see myself. No. You know what I mean? Outside of myself. <laughs> Get that, that away from be, me. Yeah. Disgusting. That would be so freaky. Oh my God. It was hilarious because I was like, what would happen if I switched like with my mom for a day? And I was like, nah, I couldn't do it. Uh, <laughs> for many reasons, but one of which is that like she runs for like at least an hour every day and I'm like nope not me this would be a staying in bed kind of day um <laughs> I mean that's like when Anna is in Tess's Tess's body she gets a call from her dentist that's yeah. like you ready to schedule a root canal and she's like I'm not taking that bullet that was so funny <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis is just so good in this movie it is it's hysterical to watch her do these kind of like very over the top performative teenage isms. Um, there's like so much like in there yeah. and <laughs> the rolling of the eyes. Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Lindsay Lohan did a good job. Obviously it's yes. not as entertaining to see someone act like a grown adult. Yeah. Like, but she did a great job for yeah. sure. <laughs> Yeah, she yeah. she was very believable as a, I like how she kept calling her friends she's like girls <laughs> ladies <laughs> that was that was my other favorite and then oh I um this is minor but the English teacher in this movie was just the worst yeah. example of toxic masculinity not good very bad very true um but the pop quiz in the English class for me was just such a representation of like how male privilege works in the classroom a lot of the time where this guy just like gives this complete crap answer yeah. and he's like b plus or b and then anna gives this really excellent analysis and he's like f I'm like yeah. wow that's a reach yeah but that oh god it's just like i could totally see that happening uh yeah not to that not in that extreme but just that same vibe of just like I don't really know if you can like make this argument I just don't really see it happening you know <laughs> yeah 100% I think also it was powerful <laughs> powerful might be a strong word but um <laughs> it was interesting to see an adult realize the powerlessness of a high school student oh yeah because sure like teachers are often just in their grading and like if a kid gets detention they probably deserve it whatever 
Mm-hmm. But like in cases where they don't, what can you do about it? Yeah. Nothing. And I think it was yeah, again, powerful is kind of a strong word for this because I don't I think it's, it's quite there. But, like, to see Tess in Anna's body, well, she didn't actually cheat on the test. Yeah, and I... Yeah. And then to try to, like, explain to people, oh, no. Yeah. No, I didn't do that. And, of course, no one believes her. And the same with, like, getting an F on the pop quiz. She's like, I know that that was a college-level answer that I just gave mm-hmm. you, and you gave me an F for what? Yeah. And he says, like, my grades are non-negotiable. <laughs> and grading subjective, Anna. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Exactly. Oof. And listen, if we didn't have that in high school, if you didn't have that in high school, you didn't go to high school. Yeah, you know exactly. those times where you, like, asked your teacher for something and they were like, no. Yeah. Oh, I remember trying to, like, be proactive and be like, I'm going to miss this class. Um, like, what am I going to miss? It's just that question of, like, trying to get ahead. And the teacher was just like, he like shut me down he was like well you're not going to be there so like I can't tell you it was something stupid like that I was like what like what how do you respond to that like how do you push yeah. back and be like well I'm going to be absent I just really don't want to miss the classwork and it's like a doctor's appointment and I really can't control that yeah <laughs> so exactly. yeah I think that's such a good point there is that like you know there's a power difference that makes it difficult to push back against even when you are in the right and yeah um, yeah. And I think obviously when you're in school you're socialized all the time. Like imagine having to go back to a place where you have to like ask to go to the bathroom <gasps> and sometimes they'll say no. I had that happen to me. I've had that happen to me. Yeah. Like, I gotta go, man. I don't know I what drink to drink a you. lot of water. Yeah. I overall respect teachers because it's a very difficult job and it is yeah. highly it is underpaid and under resourced. But once in a while you get those people who are like too deep in the power difference or whatever and they find they they take some kind of joy out of lording it over these teenagers who by law have to be there yeah like we it's not like we have a choice to be there like you have to be in this class and I don't know people wonder why sometimes uh students can be quote like disrespectful I'm like well I don't know sometimes stuff like that happens like what do you think teachers can just not like you and decide to ruin your life yeah and that's a really difficult experience as someone who like you said literally can't do anything about it because you're underage and like like your your voice has no weight exactly and yeah again totally very much respect teachers I think they do like one of the hardest jobs like I couldn't put up with that many kids around whatever yeah um yeah but every so often empathize that shit yeah (laughs) yeah no way (laughs) overall yeah good movie loved it oh my god also, like, not me being so emotionally unstable that I cried at the end of this movie when I watched it the first time this time. Listen, I'm right there with you. I just, it brought back a lot of memories, and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, when she has it's, that chat at of, the end. Yeah. It was, it was an emotional, it was an emotional experience to rewatch this movie, and I didn't think it was going to be so, like, I was going to feel so nostalgic, but I really felt it. I was like, oh my I god. I really did. When I was a kid, this movie made me want to learn to guitar. And watching it back, I'm like, I'm ready to learn guitar. I can't because my hands are all fucked up. But, like, when they heal, (laughs) I will be hitting the stage with Pink Slip with my electric guitar. And may I just add that uh, the chords that they talk about towards the end where they're like, we switched this chord from CCD to CDC. Those are very easy chords to learn. So it's 
no no biggie you're ready i'm ready uh, yeah so i think you're good to go i'm excited uh, <laughs> can't wait for my guitar journey to begin stay tuned for the solo album <laughs> coming out very soon i mean Lindsay lohan did release her solo album in the wake of this movie so mm-hmm. um yeah, parallels. Was, ultimate was one of her songs right like that yeah. was it was, was on her, her album. I don't remember what it was called, Cute. but um, it had a pink guitar. It's probably right over there. Please stand by. <laughs> I'm looking through my CD rack, baby. Um, oh, oh, the nostalgia. <laughs> um, CDs here include um, Shrek 2 soundtrack. <laughs> That's the best a great of soundtrack. TRL pop. Shrek 2, very underrated soundtrack. It slaps. <laughs> Such a good soundtrack. Fairy Godmother singing Hero on a piano in a oh. red sequin dress yes incredible <laughs> um we've also got oh my god the fray <gasps> no not that not that title making me want to cry oh my how god. to save a life i remember listening to that together <laughs> when we were in like sixth grade i'm gonna i'm literally crying right now like i'm tearing up <laughs> oh my god the soundtrack that song from shark is so sad. <gasps> it is shark so sad Tale? oh Damn it's it. speak 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 okay Speak! <laughs> See, look at her. Look at her. She's got those rings on. She looks amazing. Incredible. <laughs> look at those bangs. Look at those bangs. I wanted side bangs so badly. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Incredible. Yes. Absolutely loved it. Don't know when the album came out, but I'm pretty sure that that album has Ultimate on it. Well. It was amazing. Good experience. I watched Freaky Friday. Like, that's a... Yeah. It's a good time. I, I loved this walk down memory lane, both mm-hmm. in watching the movies, the movies, <laughs> both in watching the movie and discussing it just now. Yeah. Loved every that's second. Loved this movie. The racism didn't age well, but yeah. other than that, it did. Would still, would still uh, recommend just because Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan are yeah. so good. Get yourself some Activia, sit down, <laughs> watch this movie. Yes, I love it. You know, promoting gut health and, and mental health through watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, nothing better. You got your gut in check, you got your brain in check. I love it. <laughs> Maybe that's Ooh. my problem. I need some Activia. Let's get some Activia. <laughs> I have activity in my fridge right now. I'm gonna eat it. Oh, Hope dude! Right. Let me know if you if you uh, vibe like Jamie Lee Curtis in the activity commercials because she looks very she comfortable. Does vibe in them. <laughs> yeah, it'll just push all the negative energy out of my body. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Um, On that note, <laughs> thanks for coming. See you in two weeks. We're doing every other week week now. Stick around. We're we're. Yeah, we just want to process these movies uh, on a deeper level. We so. want to process process them on a deeper level and not have me get fired for uh, working <laughs> that, on that too. Working. <laughs> that is also a huge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's an impetus behind it. All yeah. right. Bye bye. Right. See you in two bye. weeks.